Hey friends, Pastor Brandon here, and we are so excited that you logged on to stream our sermon content here at Community Covenant Church. We pray that it is uh, helpful, enjoyable, and that will help you grow into all that God has created you to be. We have other ways that we help you grow here. And first, that is through our gatherings on the weekend. Um, and it's also in groups as we gather together as the church uh, beyond the weekend. Um, and we are applying this sermon content and the gospel to our lives. And and then lastly, through mission opportunities, both serving inside and outside the local uh, church. And so what we pray is that this sermon content uh, is in no way replacing a meaningful relationship between you and a local church, whether that's our church or another one in our area. Uh, we just would pray that this is supplemental to you and not a replacement of a meaningful engagement with a local church. And so just praying uh, for you as you continue to grow and pray that God continues to uh, help you connect to a group of people that love you and know you. Blessings. Today, actually, we are kicking off a marriage series. And uh, so basically, today is a day where my wife can just tell you all about us when we're not here. Yes. <laughs> just yes. Just yes, yes. Um, and uh, today, you know, so what we want to do over the next few weeks, and this is kind of the big thing that we uh, that we get a lot of the times when we do a series like this. All right, why, why a marriage series, right? Why are we going to spend a few weeks talking about marriage? And, and so what we want to do is answer some of those questions for you today. Um, we want to talk about that. But, but one of the biggest things that we want to look at is um, really not just who we are in our marriages, but really who we are relationally. Um, that's one of the biggest steps, I think, when we move into this, is that whether you are married uh, or not, um, that you can actually begin to engage with the content here and not just specifically apply it to your marriage, but be able to apply it to yourself uh, relationally as well. I think one of the coolest things uh, about marriage is that it, it teaches us a whole lot about ourselves. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but it also teaches us a whole lot about other people. And, uh, and so whether you find yourself in a marriage or not, um, you can actually engage with this, uh, this conversation um, either to prepare for a marriage, because I know we have a lot of us that are uh, preparing for that and they're heading to, towards premarital counseling. Some of us are kind of post that because of a, of a trauma or, or a tough event that you went through and kind of uh, healing in different ways. Um, but then some of us are square dab right in the middle of it. And I believe the content that we're going to have over the next few weeks is going to be uh, very useful across the board. It's going to help you relationally in general. And then we're going to apply a whole lot of it to our marriages. And so it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, and we're going to share our hearts today specifically together um, a little bit about it. And then we'll move into uh, some fun. All right? Sound good? Sound like a plan? You guys are pumped for this, though, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Elbow yeah, I know. Yeah, here's the deal. You get one elbow nudge a service. Just one, all right? And no, you cannot attend the 1030, all right? <laughs> just so you can get your second one. You can't do that. You just, just one elbow nudge today. Uh, but I, actually, there's not a whole lot of elbowing today. T next week, though, if you want to get a good elbow in, 
show up next week. That'll be good. Be, that's your week, okay? If you need a good one, come on out next Sunday. It'll be, be a lot of fun. Anyway, but today we're going to talk through just the question, why a marriage series? And, and really, the, the idea of real marriage is this, that a lot of us have stigmas about marriages, that we think we can and can't do stuff based off certain definitions that we've downloaded at some point, either in our adult or in our childhood lives. And uh, so what we want to do is just kind of, let's be real um, about some stuff. And today we're going to talk about, hey, let's be real. We all need a little bit of love, don't we? Don't you need a little bit of love? Don't you need a little bit of love? Yeah. We all need a little bit of love. I need a little bit of love. I need a whole lot of love. And that's why I brought my wife up here with me today. Um, just kidding. Um, it, when it comes to uh, being real about, about needing some love, um, Con, what do you think about having, uh, what do you, when, you, when you're out and about um, seeing this sort of stuff, uh, is it applicable or isn't it? When you're out in the hospitals and when you're out in, um, you know, doing your thing, how much application is there in terms of marriage? You, but you kind of bump into it quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I would say that most of us are, most of the conversation I have outside of here, and I'm sure you guys, the number one relationship that's being talked about or um, whether in a positive or negative manner is marriage, um, whether it's how to understand the other person or how to um, move through a broken marriage where there's been... Um, I don't know, turmoil or yeah. um, unfaithfulness or just the everyday nuances um, that are catching up. And I think we've experienced that as well. And so um, just, yeah. We've, we've experienced a lot of that. Yes, <laughs> we have. <laughs> um, and, it's, and it's a good thing to, to engage in. Um, yes, when, when we are in a, um, when we, yeah, we are in some, uh, some engagements with, with couples, it turns into a lot of just the day-to-day lives. And so that's why we're going to just talk. We all need a little bit of love uh, this morning. So um, what, what I'm going to do is we're going to walk through 1 Corinthians 7. Now, I typically have you open your Bibles, um, but we're going to put it on the screen because I'm going to be reading out of the message today. And the, the message version of the Bible is a, is a paraphrase of the Bible. It's not, necessar- it's not a, legit, the, you know, a translation specifically where they're engaging. What, Eugene Peterson is the guy who wrote it. But he was a pastor, and he was walking through life with a, with a, a group of people um, in Bel Air, Maryland. It was like three, 400 people that he walked through 30 years of life with. And, he, and he, as he began to engage them, he began to translate the Bible or teach them in a certain way. So, but he has some, some ways and words of things uh, that I believe will be really helpful for us to answer the question, why a marriage series? And so today, number one, why a marriage series? One, we need to awaken love at the right time. We need to awaken love at the right time. And so Paul is going to tell us this uh, in 1 Corinthians 7, where he says, it's good for a man to have a wife. Can I get an amen, right? Come on. And for a woman to have a husband. Sexual drives are strong, but marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide for a balanced and fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. The marriage bed must be a place of mutuality. The husband seeking to satisfy his wife the wife seeking to satisfy her husband. Marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve the other, whether in bed or out. Thank you. We're all done for the day, aren't we? Come on now. Like, that's enough right there. You know, and, it, and we, we talk a whole lot about that. But, but here, if you, if you, no matter where you find yourself out in Christianity today, there are some really awesome stats uh, that really would be good just to have us engage with a conversation on it. Uh, the, but we need to awaken love at the right 
time. See, for some of us, we have uh, awakened it too early. And for some of us, we're sleeping when we shouldn't be. Are we tracking this morning? For some of us, we need to awaken it. We need to get up and actually talk about it and actually engage in it. We need to awaken love because we are in a marriage, we're preparing for marriage, um, and we need to engage with this whole idea of, of, of love. But some of us, we've awakened it too early. And when it comes down to awakening it, we need to make sure it's not too early for it. All relationships have natural trajectories. And we need to make sure that when you do awaken it, you're ready to take those steps um, as we prepare for that. So um, we talk a whole lot about this when it comes to cohabitation. Um, if, you're co- uh, if, you're, if you're living together with your uh, fiancé or with your spouse, or maybe you're engaging in sexual practice before your marriage, um, it really isn't setting yourself up to, be, uh, to have an extremely healthy marriage. It's actually, the likelihood of divorce goes much higher when you start engaging with that. Um, and so we, we, also looked at, we also look at the age of about 25 for people to really engage uh, with, with marriage. Uh, and we, we, we talk through that quite a bit. Um, with them. We walk through all of our couples through a premarital counseling uh, thing called Save Your Marriage Before It Starts. And a lot of times when it comes to uh, sexual activity before marriage, a lot of times it's not something that we engage in intentionally. We actually engage with it, we fall into it versus intentionally step into it. And all the time throughout the New Testament, even a lot in the Old Testament, we see um, uh, sexual activity being intentionally moved upon at the start of marriage. And so it's really important that we awaken love at the right time um, and it, it, it engages there uh, with that. Um, <laughs> Song of Solomon, uh, chapter two, talks about this, uh, where, where the woman, after a whole lot of back and forth of attraction, engagement, talks about it like this. Promise me, O woman of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and the wild deer. I bet you never heard that one before, right? <laughs> Do not awaken love until the time is right, and what, what you find this, this, in this book, this, in the Song of Solomon, it really is, it's a wisdom book um, that, that, that we, that where Solomon is, is engaging with his wife, and this is a moment of attraction where, where they are engaging with deep love for each other, but they're not married yet, and she's saying, don't awaken love before it's ready, because when you do and you awaken it, it's so, so sweet. But wait, it, the wisdom part of marriage is to wait to awaken love, and so it's, it's good uh, to do that. We continue to see, yeah, other stats uh, engage with that, um, with cohabitation up being up 30% since 2007, so in 10 years. Um, a lot of people are what we call kicking the tires before their marriage, um, and a lot of this is actually rising up. If you are 50 plus, um, we're seeing a major tick up when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, your cohabitation rates. And so really want to be careful about about doing that. In fact, I I would say you should make intentional steps to either move towards marriage or to take a time apart um, in in that in order to stay true to what the gospel teaches as the true and right and the best way to really prepare for marriage. Um, And so as as you do that, the longer you cohabitate in that, that really the likelihood of your divorce goes up because you're, you're essentially stepping into marriage with the idea, if I can leave, if, if, if things go wrong, I can leave. And you don't want to engage uh, with that. You, you see that kind of popping out a lot of times. Yeah, I think, I think uh, in the, the cultural climate, the cultural kind of, the culture around us kind of says, you know, try it out, and if it doesn't work out, um, 
no big deal. Um, and so I think it kind of trains us. Our mindset is trained when we do get married, even if that does work out, when we're getting married and stuff starts going wrong, it's like, oh, you know, I, I need to take a break. We need to be separated for a little bit. Um, and so we kind of move through dating with that mindset. And I think, from my perspective, I think that's kind of the gap we have. It's not so much the actual, oh, we live together. It's the thought behind why we're living together before being married, I guess. The thought, I've struggled with this myself. I mean, I don't know about you, but I know. Um, Sometimes it seems like the right thing to do, I think, to be like, oh, we're dating, we'll just move in, move in, see what, what happens, and uh, you can't really know somebody till you uh, live with them. And then when you're married, you know, 10 years later, you realize you can't really know somebody 100% anyway. So, um, <laughs> and you continue to learn about them. And, um, you know, people say, <laughs> You know, I don't want to be married to the same person. Uh, I assure you, you won't be because they're going to change. You will be married to a different man and a different woman in 10 years. So it's kind of just changing that mindset. It's not so much the church or the Bible way saying, you know, don't live together because it's wrong. It's kind of that mindset. And I think one of the sweetest things about waiting and kind of making the choice, I know I've, in my past, I've kind of like fallen into things like, oh, it's just this is happening, so I'll just keep going along with it. It's kind of nice to stand back and be like, no, I choose this, I choose to be with you, and I'm committed to this, and we don't have to do this, and that the power and just the decision-making of your life is, is awesome, so yeah. utilize and so, it. And then for us, for others, you know, you need to awaken it. For others, you need to, you need to wake up. Right? We need to be in a season of... Uh, of, of keen awareness of the other person. I, I would say it's often that we meet a couple that all over the course of a year, they do not intentionally work on their marriage at all. They don't have a seat, whether, whether it's a moment, a week long thing, it's a, a date night, it's a book, it's a resource of any sort. And so for you, I'd say, even if the only thing you decide to do this year is to attend this series every week um, through the next few weeks, uh, that is what you should do to intentionally work on your marriage. So we need, to either, we need to either put it back to bed for a little bit or we need to wake up and allow it to change uh, different parts of who we are. Uh, number two, why a marriage series? We not only need to awaken love when it's right, we also need to stay vigilant about, uh, towards keeping our marriage healthy. We need to stay vigilant towards keeping our marriages healthy because we all know that we all have a, a trajectory, don't we? And that's often to get comfortable. And we don't want to stay, we want to we be able to engage with each other and love each other and pursue each other and be super comfortable with each other, but we don't want to be comfortable with the current state of our marriage. Um, and so this is where Paul's going to continue to say, this, is, this is blows my mind, just how, how, how hard marriage is, is sometimes I wish everyone were single like me. How about that for the Bible and biblical instruction, right, coming from your pastor? I wish everyone were single like me. And a simpler life in many ways, right? This is 1 Corinthians chapter 7 here. But celibacy is not for everyone any more than marriage is. God gives the gift of single life to some, the gift of married life to others. And so uh, what we do is we like to pursue this in, in a way to actually say, are, right now is where you're at, do you see it as a gift? Do you see it as a gift? Married or not, single or not, wherever you're at, do you see it as a, a gift? Could, could this be a gift for you? 
Like when you're praying, when you're engaging with the other person, I try to do this often when I'm in my prayer life and when I'm in my chair time each morning is to think about my wife as a gift, that she is a gift. And those mornings, are sometimes it's a difficult thought to have, right? It's sometimes a difficult thought He's to just kidding. have. That's right. No, every... I'll be on the couch tonight. <laughs> um, but the, we have to stay vigilant about staying uh, healthy in our marriage. We have, to, we, ha- we have to do things that are intentionally putting us, even Paul, Paul's a single guy, and he's saying, man, I wish everyone were single because it's complicated. And we could all say, amen, yeah, come on now. And, uh, and, and it's important that we, uh, that we engage with that, but it's a simpler life in many ways. Uh, some ways to stay healthy in your marriage. There's actually stats that help you uh, pr- pursue health, like to actually intentionally do this. Um, there is actually, when you have a healthy connection to a church, um, for your marriage actually becomes more stable. Um, there are stats that show if you come to church at least two out of four times a month, if you come two out of four times a month, that you will have a more stable marriage uh, simply because you are pursuing uh, Christ and worshiping Christ this way. But sometimes it's just the time to sit down, get away from everything else, and just give the kids to someone else, praise the Lord, and, and then allow God to do some work in your heart. You will have a more stable uh, marriage. How many know, like, when you struggle, sometimes you go to church more, right? Because you're saying, I just need help, man. I just need, I need some time. And then sometimes you're like, I'm going to church by myself. You stay home today, uh, because that's how much we need. But, but when we pursue uh, each other and pursue God together, at least twice out of four Sundays every single month, they say, that your marriage actually takes steps towards stability. And you might have an easier week for that. Um, uh, Premarital counseling actually cuts the likelihood of divorce in half, in half, 50%, uh, because you decided before your marriage to do uh, a 50, just to do a few weeks of marital counseling. Um, There's a a stat to say, uh, we actually thought this was higher. How many have heard that every, every, like one out of two marriages end up in divorce, right? You've heard that stat before. Uh, Well, Connie, you were doing some some research that showed otherwise. Yeah, it showed that divorce rate isn't that high, and marriage is actually still a very healthy thing to pursue, and that people are doing doing it and choosing to be married. And I think, our, again, our culture paints that um, marriage is terrible, it's a ball and chain, I don't, you know, don't get married, but um, that's not what research actually is showing. Research is showing that marriage is a fruitful um, relationship to pursue, and I think that's beautiful because Jesus designed it, so uh, win-win, right? Yeah. Um, it's about, they say it's typically about 25 to 30% of first marriages, first-time marriages end in divorce. Um, but that marriage, actually, that stack, like, doubles for second marriages, where it becomes 60%. Um, and so you, you are now engaging with a, a stat that's, you're kind of almost, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy for many people, and uh, it turns into, uh, turns into that. Um, another way to stay, vi- like, we have to stay vigilant. Why we need to stay vigilant about this, um, this was a, just an interesting stat I came across. 75% of men struggle with insecurity, but their wife doesn't know. 75% of us as men uh, struggle with, this insu- with, with, a, with a deep sense of insecurity in one or two areas of your life, but your wife just doesn't know about it. And so what, what we're seeing is that bi- big ticket issues in marriages are, are not what's causing divorce. It's the little ones. 
It's like confessing insecurity. It's a confessing of a vulnerability. Um, and so I, I don't know if it's in your practice or not to actually confess and be vulnerable. Right now, Connie and I are in a big season of really trying to focus on this uh, because we, 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 uh, we lead each other well, as I said last week, if you were in our gatherings. We, we are very good at leading each other. And that turns into some nice conversations periodically uh, where we uh, are, are sh- expressing that love in one way or the other. And I'm trying to be careful with my words this morning. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but, but, it, we, but we often try to say, okay, what's the vulnerability that we need to express right now? Because we're both fighting, but we need to express vulnerability. Yeah, and I think um, being careful, uh, a lot of times we talk about issues or things in our marriage, and the only time we talk about them is when we're upset or triggered or fighting. So it doesn't really go well, um, as you can imagine, versus figuring out like um, what is triggering you and then having a conversation about it and being able to be vulnerable saying, um, you know, I've had to say, this humiliates me when you do this in front of people. Um, Could you please stop doing that? And so the fear as a woman is being too emotional or too this or too that. But then when you talk to your husband, you know, he also has these things. And how can we help each other flourish and not tear each other down even by accident? Like usually nobody wakes up saying, I want to hurt my spouse today. That's my number one goal. The only goal today is to do that, you know? Um, So just being more vulnerable in that. Um, we all know that the, if you've ever had a season of stall, have you, do you, I mean, know what we're talking about here. If you're married, you have this season of where uh, you're like, you're, you're hardly saying hi to the other person. And uh, that could go on sometimes for years for us. Um, sometimes it could go on, even, but you even know the pain of a few weeks where that sort of thing takes place. Um, and, but the mental energy, what, what you know is the mental energy that's, that you spend on that is really difficult. It's a lot of mental energy that you spend um, going through those seasons. And so uh, it's, it's really a, 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 a crippling thing to move through that. So it's important to stay vigilant, to, stay, to do something intentionally at least yearly where you're working on the, the nature of your marriage. Um, if you are single this morning um, or you're listening online or you're going to listen to this at one point, um, there's this really awesome thought that uh, when it comes to being extremely healthy in our marriage, um, you're like, well, I'm not married, right? Uh, how do we stay vigilant? Um, there's a cool thought about uh, Mother Teresa, who is single as well. She, she took a life of, of celibacy intentionally um, so that she could pursue ministry. And, and there was one author that said that she was the sexiest person that they've ever met because she took all of the energy, all of the passion, and all of the romance, and all of the drive that you would typically pour into another person like a spouse, and poured it into uh, leading a life of service and love and joy uh, for this village in India. And, and so for you, I just like, encourage you as well, just because you're single does not mean that you don't have romance and passion and drive. Um, uh, and, and that you could take all of that, harness that for the sake of the gospel, you could harness that for the sake of service, and allow that to become something that the kingdom really becomes incredible and that the world really notices, uh, like they did with Mother Teresa. Um, number three, why a marriage series? Because we need to grow into the largeness of marriage. Um, again, this, uh, this is something... Um, Paul talks about, we're gonna, I'm going to read you a few verses here, kind of back to back, because I think it, it really pers- helps us pursue just the idea of how large marriage can be. Inside of each and every one of you is a universe, and when you put two universes together, it becomes bigger, and, and marriage really is something you can grow into in a major, major 
way, but this is what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 7. He says, if you are married, stay married. This is the master's command, not mine. If a wife should leave her husband, she must either remain single or else come back and make things right with him, and a husband has no right to get rid of his wife. Matthew 19, this is, this is one of my favorite passages. You can go back and read Matthew 19 this week uh, in, in your chair time uh, or in your couch time with your spouse or whatever the case is. But Matthew 19, it says this, Jesus said, not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. Isn't that like just, you could stop after that one and say, okay, God, uh, I hear you. Um, not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. It requires certain aptitude and grace. Marriage isn't for everyone. Some from birth seemingly never give marriage a thought. Others never get asked or accepted. And some decide not to get married for kingdom reasons. But if you're capable of growing into the largeness of marriage, do it. Do it. There's a season, uh, and, and Connie and I will dive into this in different, uh, different times throughout the series. Uh, but there's a season where, we, where Connie and I were struggling. And uh, I was in, in my prayer time where, where the Lord really led me to this verse and it says, if you're capable of growing into the largeness of marriage, do it. What, what I love about this verse is that it says that there's a starting point and that there's another finish, there's not a finishing line, but, a, but another moment where you're growing and you're larger and there's things moving. And there, but there's a movement there. There's a growth that takes place. And so when you're in seasons of pain and struggle, that could be a season of I need to grow. I need to grow right now. And a lot of times that comes out with, you need to grow. <laughs> Doesn't that, can I get an amen, right? Like when you're like, hey, I see very clearly where you need to grow and I need to let you know this. Um, but but see what, what I'm Beth- I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. <laughs> growing this whole marriage. <laughs> but Matthew 19 seems to say, if you're capable, if you are, if you are, if you're capable of growing into the largeness of marriage, do it. Because marriage is a large thing. It's a big bucket. And when we start out, it's like a drop in a bucket. But over the course of those years, we, we gather our thoughts and we gather our ideas um, into that. Ephesians 5, uh, 15 through 21 says this, the posture of our hearts in relationships is submission towards each other. Can, can we take a step, just a moment there? When you're growing into the largeness of marriage, this is the nature of your heart submission towards each other. It's this caring, a love, a, a, a forfeiture of rights. It's this laying down of our, uh, of our ideals in front of the other person. And that's what growing into the largeness of marriage is. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord, will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, but for, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Connie and I, we, take the, we do this literally every single morning. I'm just kidding, we don't do that. Um, <laughs> Where I greet her with a song, right? Uh, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Like, it's almost like this. Like, like is, your song, is your marriage or is the way that you handle sexuality, is the way that you handle love a song? Is it enjoyable to listen to? Is it enjoyable to watch? Um, and so singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so the whole idea, if you're reverent to Christ, how's your submission to each other? Um, the same deal, I think when it comes to relationships in general, I think a submission, a submissive heart 
really helps turn service into something that can be accepted um, and, and rather, rather than uh, pushed back from. Uh, but the posture of our hearts and relationships is submission towards each other. And so when we grow into the largest of marriage, what we are doing is constantly laying down before the Lord um, th- our rights and our, and our ideals for the sake of the other person. And so if you're married, stay married. But he's saying grow into the largest of marriage to do that. Um, for men, this means consistently choosing your wife every day. You need to remind your wife um, that your wife is the person that you would choose again. Sometimes what we're, as guys, we're trained, even just biologically, to go get our food and to bring it home, right? That's what, we're, that's what men have been doing for, since the beginning of the world. I need to go provide and protect and care. And sometimes we see marriage as a check mark to say, hey, I got it, I'm done. And, but what your wife needs to know more and more and more every single day is that the same day you cho- chose her on your wedding day is the same way you feel about her day in and day out, that you would choose her all over again. How about women? <laughs> Let me get my list out. <laughs> um, I think if we, as we move through this season, and um, you know, we have good friends just hearing from them, I think um, women just needing to say thank you for the small things. Um, Sometimes we want it done a certain way or want something to look like this. And if we keep in mind the stat um, about insecurity for, for men, um, I, I know us women always have insecurities as well, but maybe we don't think of that for our husbands. And just making sure we're saying thank you and a good job. And um, really, we always say being shoulder to shoulder when we're looking at our marriage and moving through it, which is hard because... Um, we all have our own things. But yeah, I would say women just saying thank you and showing appreciation and that respect um, when something is done, even if it's not the exact way you saw it being done or wanted it done, um, I think that can really help. That's one thing. Yeah, one thing. Um, but, but, but lastly, number four, why a marriage series? If we need to awaken love at the right time, we need to stay vigilant about marital health. Uh, we also need to grow into the largest of marriage. We need to constantly grow, constantly change. But lastly, what we need to do is remember that our marriage is an image of God. Our marriage is an image of God. You can't do marriage without Jesus. You can't do marriage without Jesus. And Ephesians 5 is going to say this. And I, this is something I really, uh, just as our hearts for our church, want to share this with you. We, I, there's nothing that I would love for Community Coven to be known for, for their centrality of the gospel and being known that we can't be a church where you can hide in your brokenness, but that you are, we are known for our growth when it comes to this area. What we, that we have large marriages. Like I would love for people to think about our church and think they are a group of large marriages. And if I want to become better in my marriage, I should join a community that helps me be larger in my marriage. I don't want us to be a place where you can hide in this because we're going to maneuver towards Christ. Jesus is the cornerstone of these things. Jesus is the person that we can constantly give over all of our fear, our insecurity to that. And what I love about this is that our marriage is actually an image of what this is. 
do not, and this is what uh, Ephesians 5 says, it's an illustration of Christ and the church. A man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. He's quoting Genesis uh, chapter 2 here. And two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. He, Paul's taking this moment in Genesis, and he's saying this is actually a picture of that. This is a picture of Jesus. Our marriages is literally, uh, there are images as we're moving throughout our days. You want to say, hey, you want to know what God's like? Look at this marriage. Hey, you want to know how God feels about for the world, how God is pouring out into the world? Look at this marriage. Look at that love right there. That's the way God feels for you. That's the way God feels for you. And that should be our image and our vision for our marriage, that we have large marriages that can show other people what God is like, that the way we experience confession and repentance, the way that we experience love, the way that we experience grace for all of our failures, it's an image of God. It's an image of God. And so he says this in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 7. He says, so don't be wishing you were someplace else with someone else. Don't do that. Don't wish you were somewhere else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. God, not your marital status. Hear me when I say this. God, not your marital status, defines your life. Defines your life. Whether you are in here and you are divorced, if you are single, or you are married, your marital status does not define you. God does. And he says this, don't think I'm being harder on you than others. I give the same counsel in all the churches. This is something that we can bump into in every church. God, not your marital status, defines your life. You are an image of the creator of the universe and how he feels for people and how he pursues people. If that is the vision for your marriage, I believe you'll be able to get through anything. I'll be able to, I, I believe that you'll be able to pursue each other even though you don't really want to all the time. I believe it'll help you get over your, your own insecurity, your own brokenness because how many know we carry backpacks, don't we? And we ask the other person in our marriage to help carry that backpack. And so all the times we feel like we need to present well and we need to engage well and we need to pursue, we, we, need to, we, have, we have to be signs of strength. And what God's saying here is, hey, confession, repentance, grace, forgiveness, love, and joy. If that's the picture of me, that's what I want to see in you. And so why do a marriage? Why spend the next few weeks talking about this? The stakes are high for marriages. The stakes are high. And so whether, no matter where you're at in your marital status, your, relation, your ability to relate and serve and love from your romantic part of your being is very high. And so today you have a little thing on your, you have a little thing that we gave you on your, um, on your seat when you walked in. Um, and what we're gonna do over the next few weeks is we're gonna walk through a series of commitments. How many know uh, we commit to the other spouse, right? It's not a contract, it's a commitment. And we make specific commitments each and every day to our spouse, or even in the season of growth. And the first commitment we're gonna make this week, something for you to work on. 
is that we will strengthen our bond of trust. We will strengthen our bond of trust. If marriages are worth it, if marriages are working, if we're preparing for marriages or we're not, we can still be trustworthy people. And I want you to maybe kindly remind your spouse, but also, just kidding, but I also want you to solicit feedback from your spouse. How can I become a more trustworthy person for you? Because sometimes it, we, we don't do that so well. And so, go ahead. I was going to say, and uh, for those of you, as I, you know, look across, um, who are, you know, newly married or married way longer than we've been married, um, you're a picture of God to us, and also it's, it's that staying vigilant still holds true if you've been married for 50 years. There's always something you can awaken, and so just to encourage you in that as you're writing down your commitment or asking for lovely feedback. <laughs> and so over the next few weeks, there's a, a series there called Taking the, the Deep Love Journey. And what we want you to do um, is there's a few steps there. One, I want you to register for date night. Because uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun to see us working on our marriages together, but there's also going to be a comedian there because we all need to just laugh off some stuff, don't we? Come on, can I get an amen on that? We all need to laugh off some, some backpack stuff. And, and so I want you to register for the date night on, on June 1st. Um, there's going to be a series of marriage groups that we're going to be right here on Wednesday nights through the month of June. If you're saying, you know what, I want to take an intentional moment and actually spend time on my marriage, four weeks, they're going to be a couple hours long. I want to come and hang out there. There's going to be child care. There's going to be uh, you know, student ministry going on, all that sort of stuff. I want you to take some time to do that, and I want you to register today for that. Um, but register for date night. Register for this, these groups. Um, but there's an assessment there. There's an assessment there. If you go to mydeeplove.com, um, you can take this assessment, and actually it'll provide something, some feedback for you in your app. If you're pre-married, um, if, you're pre, if you're more premarital, come see us. We have a, a, a separate assessment for you. But if you've been married, we want you to take uh, that assessment uh, so that you can start a conversation with each other. Um, and then lastly, I want you to commit every single day to learn one new nugget of truth about marriage. That's something that changed our lives a couple years ago when we decided to do that. We said, we just want to learn. Um, we're we're going to hit seven years in August. And, uh, and we just say, we, wanna, we just want to learn. And so, yeah. <laughs> Um, thanks for that golf clap. That was cute. That was, awesome. that was really awesome. Um, all, the people married, all the people married for 50 years gave us the golf clap. Uh, yes. <laughs> but you know, what I love about that, though, is, and we're way over time, but we'll, we'll finish up with a song here. But um, what I love about that is no matter whether you've been married five years or 50, you've earned every single one of those years, haven't you? Haven't you? And, and, uh, and I want you to look back, and I want you to learn what you need to learn, but also pursue forward but journey towards deep love together. I think we all might be in seasons where we need to pursue that a little bit. And so uh, we want to pursue, so register for, for those things. Journey with us uh, towards deep marriage. May this be the only intentional thing you do this year, but you should do something intentional. If you can't make it to these things, decide to do other things. Uh, but let's journey through that together. Amen? All right. Uh, Connie, why don't you pray for us as we continue?